You are listening to the LA Sports Roundtable. Welcome to the LA Sports Roundtable. This is the HAF. With me is the Toya Nader, Matt Montoya. And that is more gooder than Marjorie Taylor Greene or Lauren Bobart is stupid. We're here podcasting the LA Sports Roundtable to you from RT1 Studios. Here at the Roundtable, we talk LA Sports. To those of you who listen, Thank you, and please give us a shout out and a follow on Twitter and Instagram at LA Sports RT1. In this episode, Montoya and I discuss the embarrassing Angels season so far, debut a new timeout play on segment, the Cronky influence on the Broncos sale, 
the horrible news of UCLA and USC moving to the Big Ten, and who's the better LA NBA team, the Lakers or the Clippers? Coming at you live from RT1 Studios. We have a wonderful show for you today, ladies and gentlemen. It is me, the HAF, with the Toyanator, Matt Montoya. And you know what, Montoya? It's good to see that MLB is having a nice season thus far. However, when it comes to the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, which should be called the California Angels, the Almohado Artie Moreno has shown just why he should not be the owner of the Angels with the fiasco that's been going on over there. First, the Angels had an early season collapse, proving how much they suck. Subsequently, Joe Madden loses his job as manager of the Angels, solidifying that Madden is not a capable manager anymore. The mayor of Anaheim resigned because of the land sale to, you guessed it, Almohado Artie Moreno. But before delving into any of that, the Angels were involved in an epic brawl with the Seattle Mariners, resulting in many suspensions, including Angels interim manager Phil Nevin. Does Mike Trout deserve any sympathy here for his role based on what happened in the brawl? Montoya, what is going on with the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim? First of all, I want to correct you. You should not call them the California Angels. If you were to say the Angels Angels in Spanish, it would be Los Angeles Angeles. They're the, one of the only two teams in L.A. that actually originated in L.A. besides the Chargers. I digress. Okay, correction, correction, correction. You're saying originated in L.A. Yes. Besides the Chargers. And you're talking about a professional sports franchise. I am. Do you know who threw the first no-hitter at Dodger Stadium? Nolan Ryan. No. <laughs> uh, Sandy Kopax. No. Uh, uh, Fernando Valenzuela. No. It wasn't even the Dodgers that were in the stadium at the time. It was the Los Angeles Angels. But you don't know you don't know who threw the no-hitter? I can look it up in about 2 seconds. Okay. So so but still calling them the California Angels it's not calling them uh, the Angels Angels of Anaheim. Okay. Is that correct? Well, technically, it would be the Angels Angels if you translated it completely to English. Correct. So and you think that's better than the California Angels? Well, because when they originated, they were in L.A. and they were the L.A. Angels. And it was Bo yeah Belinsky. for how many seasons? Bo the Chargers Chargers played its you know inaugural season in Los Angeles and took off to San Diego for forever before coming in Los Angeles on the coattails of the Los Angeles Rams in 2017. 
Well, um, Bo Belinsky, Los Angeles Angels pitcher, on Saturday, May 5th, 1962, threw the first no-hitter at Dodger Stadium against the Baltimore Orioles. The Angels won that game 2-0. to zero. On June 30th, 1962, basically about a month, we'll say almost two months later, um, Sandy Koufax threw the first National League no-hitter at Dodger Stadium, just for the record. Um, and so that answers that question. Now, tell me your uh, next question. I'm sorry. Well, Montoya, my question was, what is going on with the Angels? Um, what's going on is a lot of drama unnecessarily. Um, and you did ask, does Mike Trout deserve any type of sympathy? And honestly, I'm going to say no. He doesn't deserve any sympathy for anything that's going on. Do I feel like he's being wasted in his career? Absolutely. But when free agency hit, he chose to re-sign with the Angels. As an Angels fan, I appreciate that. Um, And I do think that if he does not get a World Series ring, that that is a bad reflection on El Mojado. But I don't feel bad for Mike Trout. Do you agree or disagree? Well, based on the recent events... I do not have sympathy for Trout too much. And I'm talking about based on the whole brawl with the Seattle Mariners theme. Okay. Prior to that, very, very sympathetic uh, with Trout for not having a meaningful career thus far on a team level, but only on an individual scale. So I I, um, I feel sorry for him for that. And um, obviously, he's comfortable in Anaheim. And prior to being that free agent, or, or one or two years, is when he signed the basically rest of his year or uh, career extension with the Angels. And so he's going to write it out. Um. And you know what? I mean, if you think about it, you you are very comfortable. You you have your whole career basically set. You know what you're going to make, and that's very important as an athlete. And he's going to be making a whole bunch of money. Um, but getting back to Q, wait, the wait, whole, you, you got to cue Antonio Brown. Whole lot of money. Oh yeah, you know he has a whole lot of money. Um, if he were a more vocal person i could see mike trout being a household name but i think I, I think he's doing that on purpose i don't think it's a result of being in anaheim um i think it's just the result of you know he is just focusing on what he's doing he doesn't want to draw too much attention to himself um he likes being the guy the only guy besides, you know, Shohi, sure, he's scrawny, Otani in Anaheim. Because after that, you know, who, who else is there? Rendon sucks. He's out again. You have a whole bunch of young guys like every single year in Anaheim, you know. So, so I, but in the brawl, what caused that brawl 
Okay. You had Angel's pitcher throw behind Julio Rodriguez's head. Okay. And that was at first, you know, prior to that, um, you had uh, Trout through, it was thrown behind his head. Okay. You had the Angels pitcher, after he threw behind some guy's head, he hit right fielder Jesse Winker in his leg. After the game, Trout was like, you don't throw at someone's head. And he was referring to being thrown at his head himself. He said, you have to hit someone in the leg if you're going to hit someone. And so after already throwing behind the guy's head, he hits another guy in the leg. So is that Trout being the enforcer? Seeing like, no, no, that's not like good enough. I'm not satisfied with you throwing behind the guy's head. I want you to actually hit him and hit him in the leg where you're supposed to hit someone because he was so upset at being thrown at in the head area. And so, so for that, it's like, if, well, if you're going to cause this complete brawl with all these guys suspended, um, I don't have any sympathy for you, Mike Trout. You know, you're just that you're just adding fuel to the dumpster fire of your 22 season. So Go at it, you know, but you're not going to get any sympathy from me. But uh, but as far um, as the suspensions, or do you have any comment on any of my comments, Montoya? I do, because I feel like if Trout had shown a little more fire as a leader on the team, maybe, you know, we don't have a new interim manager as in with the Angels. Maybe Rendon is putting in a little bit more effort. But again, this team is just destined to be the California Angels until we get rid of Mr. Mexican Pillow Man. And that would be referring to Angels owner Artie Almajado Moreno, right? Yes, the worst owner in the history of Major League Baseball. Oh, oh, that is 100% certain right there. The only you know, guy who's and, even close is uh, the guy in Colorado, but he's a millionaire playing a billionaire's game. What the as far as the owner or the manager? No, the owner oh, in Colorado. In Colorado, he yeah, is yeah. just outmatched because he doesn't have the funds with you know everybody else. Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, but there still is revenue sharing, and it's not like every team is completely. Um, inhibited in making any big financial transactions, whether that's retaining a player or signing free agents. But um, real quick, Montoya, let me tell you the rundown of this brawl versus the Mariners for the fallout as far as the suspensions. Okay. Interim Angels manager Phil Nevin suspended 10 games. And I remember Nevin when he was a player, and now he took over after Joe Madden was fired. You have the uh, guy who was upset at being hit in the leg, or first, yeah, yeah, for no, the guy who was upset, Mariners outfielder, for being hit in the leg, Jesse Winker, suspended seven games. Angels third baseman, Anthony Rendon, five games. Angels pitching coach, Dom 
Chitty, five games. Mariner shortstop J.P. Crawford, five games. Angels pitcher Andrew Wants, three games. Angels pitcher Ryan Tapara, three games. Angels pitcher Rysel Iglesias, two games. Mariners outfielder Julio Rodriguez, two games. Angels bench coach Ray Montgomery, two games. Angels interpreter Manny Del Campo, two games. And Angels catching coach Bill Hasselman, one game. And one player was ejected, wasn't suspended at all. In total, 12 players or coaches were suspended. But do you notice a trend? And one interpreter. one interpreter. One interpreter. Do you notice a trend in, in, in these suspensions, Montoya? Well, Did you observe seven. anything? Lucky seven. Lucky seven. As in, what do you mean, lucky seven? Elaborate. Yeah. In a lot of cases, it seemed like the average was seven games, whether it be a coach, whether it be a player. And then you have a few people who drop down, you know, three, four games. But it seemed to me like what you said, there was the number seven came up a lot, the John Elway. Well, no, um, seven actually came up only once. But if you're talking about, I don't know, um, 10 games, seven, five, 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 three, three, two, 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 one. So, but... I don't know. Maybe there's an overall average of seven if, if you're doing any math out there. But um, the point is, Montoya, a lot of those names were on the Angels' side. So let's go back to Winker getting hit in the leg. And is that Mike Trout saying, if you're going to hit someone, like he said in his comments after the game, if you're going to hit someone, you hit him in his Leg, not the head. Now, does this does this indicate that effectively Mike Trout ordered the hit on Winker and then thus caused the brawl? And basically, you're saying is responsible for all of these people who, including an interpreter, to be suspended multiple games. What do you think? I don't know. I mean, you're. I realize that he's from Philly, and he's also an Eagles fan. But he's I just from New Jersey, but is not too far from Philly. But he's actually from New Jersey, not Philly. Well, he is an Eagles fan and whatnot. Yes. So you know, Eagles fans have that uh, reputation for being making the Raiders fans look like pansies. But um, I digress. It just. I don't see that with Mike Trout. I don't see that fire. He doesn't get pissed off he's not um pete rose for instance you know he's not um getting aggressive, aggressive like doing everything he can to win he's just kind of a oh shucks didn't we didn't win so so are you saying then that effectively interim angels manager phil nevin ordered the second throw at a mariners player uh winker because he got 10 games, the most um, amongst all of the individuals suspended, he received the most games yeah, for his suspension. Does Nevin, that indicate that? I, I think that Nevin would be more responsible for that because Nevin's got more of a fire about this than Trout does in terms of 
being that forceful leader, that old school style leader, that's more Nevin than it is going to be Trout. Well, obviously, you're, anybody, you're talking... anybody who's played in the 90s now is, is old school. And that's when up until, you know, like uh, this century, when things were still being done correctly in this country. And so far as Major League Baseball is concerned, um, so, uh, I definitely see that Nevin, I remember Nevin as an angels player, I, you know, I know he wasn't in the end. He went, he actually became an everyday player. I think what with the Padres or something like that. Um, but regardless, regardless, you know, um, uh, I'm surprised, you know, like he's, he's back in the dugout. He's with the angels and the dude hasn't. All white hair now. I can't believe he like he's hardly rec- recognizable with all the white hair he has now. And I, I mean, gosh, you know, you, you, I don't think he's aged well at all. Um, but you know, getting back to his ten game suspension, and I, I believe definitely it was the see. I do believe it was the Giants, and he also played with uh, the Twins. And I definitely believe that Nevin could have ordered this and saying he wasn't satisfied with uh, the throw behind the head to, you know, from um, Wance to Julio Rodriguez, and then maybe ordered uh, the next throw at uh, Jesse Winker to connect with his leg. But well, and then see, there, there's a logic to that, though. Because it's basically sending a message as as your interim manager, I'm going to protect you guys. I will take the heat. I will do what needs to be done. I am your leader, but I will protect you. This was more to get the team to buy into him as a manager, I believe, than Trout calling a hit Philadelphia style. And I also think that um, when you have a player like Trout, when someone hits Trout, or throws that trout, you have to make your retaliation very visible and very known. But, um, you know, look at, I mean, the fallout, though, all these suspensions. You know, you could argue that the Angels aren't going to do anything anyway. I mean, all these guys or whatever um, aren't going to make a difference from them, uh, you know, finishing in third, you know, or last place in that division. So... But um, it is still a lot of guys. But, you know, I wonder why it was on. Must have been, you know, like something to, you know, uh, provoke a lot of these uh, coaches on the angel side to get suspended as well. You know, when you have the pitching coach, right, the bench coach, the catching coach, the the interpreter, interpreter. (laughs) (laughs) Manny Del Campo. You know, whoever he's translating for, you know, it's like you're on your own, buddy. You got a phone. Use your Google Translate. You know, I'm not going to be around for two days. Um, You know that Phil Nevin, as a manager, he had that whole thing with um, A-Rod and basically about the Aaron Judge, you know, when he told Aaron Judge to go home and A-Rod called him out. I don't know if you remember that or not, but this isn't the first time, you know, he's kind of fired back in a fiery manner. Um, that was last year. I don't know if you remember that or not. That one must have slipped by me for some reason, Montoya. But, you know, I mean, um, I don't know. When, when you have a player like Mike Trout, okay, he was a Hall of Famer from basically his rookie year, future Hall of Famer. He 
Mike's had that term always associated with him. He's had all these individual accolades and achievements and accomplishments that if someone throws at him, you definitely need to retaliate and not accept anything short of that. Now, let me give you a a comparable scenario and let me get your opinion. The other night, okay, um, the Los Angeles Dodgers were hosting the um, San Diego Padres at Chavez Ravine. Number three hitter, Will Smith of the Dodgers was up. Okay, no, we're not talking about the guy who slapped Chris Rock on stage at the Oscars. No, we're talking about the Dodgers player with the same name, Will Smith, who no longer has Fresh Prince of Bel Air as his walk-up music when he walks up to home plate. But but is it summertime? <laughs> it is summertime right now. Well, the, I'm talking about the Will Smith song, Summertime. It was more just a play on words. Yeah. Well, Will Smith, okay, was not just thrown at his head. Will Smith was hit in his helmet, Montoya. And guess what? The catcher for the Padres, Alfaro, got up, hugged Will Smith, asked him if he was okay. Will Smith said he was all right. Went to first base, took his base. Okay. Um, so that interaction from the catcher Alfaro to Smith indicates that pitch must have um, not been the actual intended pitch by the Padres pitcher. All right. And uh, subsequently, Dave Roberts did nothing. You have your catcher, your number three catcher, Will Smith, who's your catcher, who's your designated hitter sometimes, who is um, probably, you know, one of the few guys, a couple guys that has power on that team, which is why you're hitting him in the three hole in the first place uh, most of the time. But, you know, uh, I think Freeman has been hitting a third uh, last couple games. But regardless, what do you think? You know, is that Trout didn't even get hit in the head. He just he just got thrown at the head or behind his head. Whereas you're comparing, Smith, you're Smith com- got hit in the head and Dave Roberts did nothing. What do you think of that, Montoya? You're comparing apples and oranges. First of all, you had to explain that it wasn't the Fresh Prince that was uh, up to bat. It wasn't that Will Smith. So that means that this Will Smith who got hit didn't have the star power of Mike Trout. So let's just establish that in the beginning. And then you're looking at Roberts versus Nevin. And Roberts is significantly more secure in his position. He does, he's already got the buy-in of his team. They're one of the best teams in the league. So he doesn't have to resort to these type of things to get buy-in from his team. So I think this is partially Nevin's personality, but this was also an opportunity for him to you know, show his team, show some balls, like show some fire, win over his players. So I really honestly believe that was a big part of what happened. Well, 
I mean, I can see what you're saying, but, you know, I mean, saying apples to oranges, this is not Clarence Thomas to Herman Cain. This is, you know, two baseball <laughs> players who were thrown at, one who was actually hit, and the guy who was hit, the manager did nothing. But, I mean, yeah, that's a thing. It's sad but true, you know. You have that that star player, and, and then you have the interim manager who wants to make a name for himself. Um versus, you know, Will Smith, who still looks like he's 12 years old. I mean, he's been in the league, you know, a few years now, but uh, the guy is not um, made the name for himself that Mike Trout has. And therefore, if, if you had uh, Dave Roberts in that situation, I, could, I mean, I, I still don't know if he would um, have done anything to – make a name for himself or protect trout or anything, you know, if uh, he was Mike Trout's manager. But I also think that as a player, that's something that Nevin himself would have respected. So it's one of those things that that's what he's going to do to win over this team, because that's what would have won him over as a player. My opinion, but do you agree or disagree with that? I don't know. I'm, I'm sort of in the middle. You know, I mean, I, I could see, I could see, you know, but, um, but as far as the, the, uh, the overall impact of the brawl and the suspensions, does it even matter at the, at this point for the angels? I mean, or they already lost the, their, their chances at a successful season have been gone so long that it doesn't even matter that all these people are going to be missing, um, a good chunk of the uh, foreseeable future for the Angels. Again, if it had been the Dodgers, it would have had a bigger impact overall because they have the caliber to be a first-place team in their division. The Angels are kind of like Baker Mayfield who got traded for a conditional draft pick. <laughs> um, so, you know, there, there was no really no harm, no foul. It was the most excitement you're going to have for this year from the Angels for the whole season. So at least it was something mem memorable in terms of the Angels 2022 season. And I'm an Angels fan saying this. Mm -hmm. And um, is this uh, relate at all? The Angels failed 2022 season thus far. Is this related at all to the impact of the failed land sale for um, – Artie Moreno and the stadium and the land, surrounding land at the Big A. Is there any relation there? And um, you have uh, the city of Anaheim mayor resigning. I mean, is it just a complete circus in all facets of every office and uh, field? for the angels? Well, you know, with everything that happened where to the point where the FBI is looking into what happened, I honestly think it just goes to show what kind of person Moreno is that he would have allowed himself to even be um, associated with this. The guy is not passionate about baseball. He's passionate nope. about getting some money. kind of a kickback and some money. And of course, I mean, we, we all need money. We all want money. I'm not trying to just say that, 
he's a bad person for that because I mean, I go to work every day for a reason and that's to be able to pay my bills, but I'm not trying to do something underhanded to, uh, you know, fatten up my pockets. And I just feel like that's the type of thing that he was doing to the extent that, uh, the FBI is involved and he was doing everything that he could, um, to shortchange the people of Anaheim and give a kickback to, um, Harry Sadu. So I don't know. I just, I feel like there should be more going on in terms of major league baseball, looking into Moreno and this incident. Once the investigation is done, what do you think about that? I completely think uh, MLB should investigate the Almohado already Moreno. Okay. Completely. I think that he is shady. He is a typical businessman who wants to buy low and sell high. Yes. Okay. And and he will count and micromanage. Okay. And and I bet he doesn't even like paying Mike Trout, even though Mike Trout is worth it. All right. Well, look I at mean, what he did. Look at what he did with his rookies a few years ago, to the point where it made the news and nationwide headlines that. Oh yeah, his rookies Horrible were sleeping man. in the car. Yeah, I mean, so so that I mean that is completely evident. All that stuff, okay? I mean, I'm surprised he hasn't floated the idea of making Trout a player manager. You know, because <laughs> someone like that, you know, he would save money on the manager, and someone like Trout. Okay, definitely has the ability to do it. And he is, you know, if you're kicking that much butt, you could be the leader and you could be the manager. You don't just have to just kick butt and sit on the side, you know. You you could use that energy to lead your team and inspire others to do well. So I think Trout could do that. And I remember, you know, Pete Rose doing it when I was a kid in the 80s. And, um, you know, he did a good job at it other than, you know, his whole shady you know, his own FBI investigation stuff, you know, for gambling. But yeah, I think uh, Moreno should be completely investigated by the FBI and Major League Baseball. He has proven that those investigations of him and his dealings with the city of Anaheim and the disgraced mayor who has resigned amongst all these uh, uh, events coinciding together with the whole bad season of the Angels. I mean, you know what they say, when it rains, you know, it pours. You know that uh, his new pillow was designed to soak up more of Anaheim citizens' tears, I guess. <laughs> yeah, their tears and their money. You know, <laughs> oh, it, it was definitely designed to soak up their money. Because if he, if he, uh, I don't know, does some real estate, like uh, uh, housing investment or commercial investments in the parking lot or whatever, you know, yeah, he's only going to benefit financially, but the city of Anaheim won't. They're selling if they want to sell the land on the cheap. I mean, what's up with that? And you know what always happens when he, you know, or this when the, this whole land deal 
thing has been the news last few years. Whenever there's anything that's said that, um, you know, suggests that he won't get that land for cheap, what does he say? Or there's a leak saying, oh, you know, uh, Moreno's thinking about taking the team to Long Beach because they're going to give them, you know, uh, um, you know, shorefront property, you know, for nothing. You know what I say? Okay, fine. If, if that's true, take him to Long Beach. See if I care. You know, like, I mean, uh, at least uh, the city of Anaheim won't get screwed out on that land deal. Well, if you look at what's going on with the Ducks owner, which is right next to <clears throat> Anaheim Stadium, and the positive that he has brought to the community by buying the Honda Center and the property next to it, which houses, um, you know, multiple companies, one of which I used to work in, um, he has done a great job in terms of keeping it clean keeping it, um, you know, being able to use that as extra rollover parking. But I just feel like he's done a lot of good for the community with what he's done. And I just don't see that happening with Moreno. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. 100%. 100% agree. And, you know, I, I, I do believe that the city did make money when they sold the Honda Center to him. I'd have to research that to be um, 100% sh- uh, sure, but I do believe that they did sell that to him and he's done nothing but, uh, you know, invest in the property and do something to bring in industry and uh, just make it worthwhile for everyone, not just himself. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't, I don't think, you know, this early season collapse was a surprise. I think it was going to happen eventually, you know, they, they jumped out of the gate, you know, it was some momentum and they rode that momentum as far as they could, but then uh, their true colors really showed. And as a result, they are um, having a typical, typical angel season. And it's terrible because it's the 20 year anniversary of the world series win. And uh, 20 years. Yes. Can you believe that? No, it feels like it should have just been a couple of years ago. Yeah, that's how time flies. So, but, moving um, forward, we I just, will... I, I just feel like, again, Moreno needs to be investigated. Major League Baseball needs to do all it can to oust him from Anaheim. Let him go to Arizona. Let him buy the uh, Diamondbacks. I mean, that only helps the Dodgers. And um, we can just be done with the El Mojado of Anaheim. You know what? I don't think he should be able to buy the Diamondbacks. I think moving forward, there needs to be a lot of criteria established for these owners. Because if you have fans now with um, inflation spending so much money just to be able to attend one game a season, there needs to be something done to make things more competitive. You can't just, this is not just like a, you know, a business deal where you're, you know, um, um, treating a business like real estate investments. No, this type of investment Arturo requires strategic planning and consideration of your constituency and your constituents 
are the fans of the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. So, you know, I did take a look to see who actually owns the Honda Center, and it looks like it is owned by the city of Anaheim still. But uh, I honestly thought that it was the uh, Samuli family that owned it. But I guess I was incorrect. So they just lease the Honda Center? So the I, I do know for a fact that they own... The Mighty the, Ducks can play there? They own the uh, land directly behind the stadium. Um, but I thought that they also own the stadium. But I do stand corrected in taking a look online. It does appear that uh, the city still owns um, the Honda Center. Interesting. So Interesting. Definitely, definitely wrong about that. But um, <clears throat> what uh, El Mojado just needs to go. So ladies and gentlemen, Montoya and I would like to debut our new segment titled Time Out or Play On. Now, I will be telling Montaya some events related to Los Angeles sports. He will indicate his preference for an answer by saying, Time out, as in he does not like something going on there, or play on. It's a good thing. And he'll elaborate, and I'll get to chime in as well. So, Montoya, are you ready for time out or play on? Let's do this. Okay, Montoya, the Lakers' pursuit of Kyrie Irving. Time out or play on? Time out. That is just a big, big waste. Like we've already tried as the Lake, you know, the Lakers have already tried to put together a super team. They, it got them a championship during the pandemic. Um, then they tried to make it an even bigger super team with washed up names and they gave up players that they had no business giving up. So that, that way they could get people like Westbrook in there. When, if you look at Golden State, Golden State just won another ring without an all-star team. And um, I think that's the way that they should be looking at doing this. Like, look at what the Nuggets did by picking up your boy Pope and then adding that to the Joker. What do you think of that? I think that they should have been focusing on getting Caldwell Pope back and uh, bringing back some of that team that actually won something, not trying well, to look to build with big superstars. Well, to specifically comment on uh, the Nuggets acquisition of KCP, I'll be making more comments about that a little bit later in our next segment, but specifically on the Lakers' pursuit of Kyrie Irving, I'm going to say play on, Montoya, and I'm going to tell you why I say play on. All right, you're talking about all the things that they did that uh, in becoming a super team for the Lakers. With that super team, as far as well, you just had LeBron and AD in 2020 winning it in the bubble, they had that depth. You, you mentioned they sacrificed that depth to get Westbrook, and it didn't work. 
You still have no depth. You have a whole bunch of young guys and guys on minimum contracts. So I would say if you're going to not have that depth, it would be better to go with uh, Kyrie Irving and Russell, Russell Westbrook. And I, because Russell Westbrook has proved he is done. I, I agree. I agree with you to a degree, but I still think like if you can go back, put back some of those main pieces from that championship team. You know, look how much did the Nuggets give up. It wasn't a ton of money. You could have gotten back, gotten a oh, I think they commodity. Got What's that? They got him on a trade, and yes. you know that's uh that's a thing, you know. But um, as far as the Lakers' pursuit of Kyrie Irving, do you still say timeout? I like your argument. I'm going to say I agree with you based off of that logic because you're right. They don't have depth. And AD has not proven that he can make it through an entire season without getting hurt. So, Okay. So so for Lakers' pursuit of Kyrie Irving, it's a timeout. Next. Are you ready? Yes. Joe Madden fired as Angels manager. Timeout. And the reason why I'm saying timeout is I believe that Joe Madden is a very, very good manager. I still believe that he can be a very good manager. I just feel like the owner is more to blame for what ails the Angels more so than Joe Madden. Um, the Angels weren't winning before Joe Madden. They didn't win with Joe Madden. And what's been the more consistent than Joe Madden? El Mojado. So I'm going to say it wasn't a Joe Madden issue. I'm going to say it was an El Mojado issue. What about you? I'm going to say play on because you cannot fire Al Mojado. Al Mojado has to be forced out or he has to sell voluntarily. Okay. Additionally, um, Madden has had success with the Rays and the Cubs, but you know what? He's it's this is not his first year with the Anaheim Angels. He's been with them a little while now, and you can't excuse an early season collapse where you lose a million games in a row. That is unacceptable. So there has to be some accountability. So, you know, if anything, uh, Manazian got this right because you know, Al Mojado, Ari Moreno had nothing to do with it. So I'm gonna say, you know what, Joe, um, you've had a nice long career. You've had a World Series appearance with the Rays. You had a World Series win with the Cubs. But um, at this point, he he was on the Angels staff in 2002. Talking as a manager, but as a bench coach, he does have a win uh, 20 years ago with the Angels. And you know what, though? It's not 20 years ago where he's, you know, young enough to – to seek out that opportunity and, and do things. I don't think, um, I think he ran into the same problem as uh, Mike Sosha where Mike Sosha is done. And I don't think he's going to be anywhere near baseball for um, a long time. I can agree with that. So, okay. But are you going to still say uh, timeout on Joe Madden being fired or play? I, on? I, I agree with you in terms of Mike Sosha. I still believe that he Madden has some gas left in the tank, so I'm still going to say timeout. Okay. All right. Next, Montoya. Darvin Ham signed 
as head coach of the Los Angeles Lakers? You know, I am not as passionate a basketball fan as you are. So I am just going to come out. We've got a bunch of big egos in here already with LeBron. LeBron handpicked the last coach, and that was pretty much a uh, failure. And I don't know enough about Ham to say yes or no. So that just kind of tells me that he's going to be a LeBron yes man. And don't get me wrong, LeBron is a great player, but he needs someone to tell him no periodically, just like you know anybody needs a little bit of uh, being told no periodically. <laughs> what about yourself? I'm, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to say timeout on the hiring of Darvin Ham for many of the same reasons that you're saying. Yes, LeBron does need someone to tell him like it is. He does not need a yes man to say yes to every one of his whims, like let's sign Carmelo Anthony, let's get Trevor Reza, you know, um, let's get Cam Bazemore. You know, someone has to do that, okay? Because look what happened from a championship to, you know, the next year to, um, to this year, this season. I mean, you went from the Lakers to the Bucks to the Warriors. That championship was three championships ago now. Okay? So look what listening to LeBron does to you. So Darvin Ham is not that man. Okay? I'm, you need – Dan Tony. Dan Tony is a man who doesn't give a – you know, any, anything about you, he'll tell you what, how it is. So uh, Darvin Ham is a young head coach. Is you know, like his first year on the job. Um, he was an assistant coach with the Lakers back in the day with Kobe. He was assistant coach with the Bucks when they won, you know, the title. But um, last year, but um, I, I uh, don't see much changing with him as the head coach insofar as um, any attempt, because you know it's not going to happen, any attempt to control LeBron James. Ego. I'm personality i'm 100 with you however i do have to give him some props for having gone to otero college in la junta colorado and the reason why i say that is for someone to come out of otero college and go into the pro ranks and it's not major league baseball is amazing so otero um it's now called otero college but it used to be called otero junior college it produced quite a few major league baseball players over the years. Um, if you remember the incident where there was a chair thrown in uh, the dugout during a Texas Rangers playoff game, do you remember that a few years ago? Um, one of the guys who was involved in that was um, Doug Brokale and his grandparents lived next to mine. I've known Doug pretty much my whole life, but he went to Otero junior college and he had a long long major league career and he's actually a pitching coach i believe with uh cincinnati so i'm going in off on this tangent just to tell you otero college has a history with the mlb not the nba so the fact that this guy took the long road to get to the nba i will give him some kudos on that because that is the least so do you still to get you say to the NBA. you still say timeout on darvin still say time as the head coach I am still saying timeout because just because you made it through Otero College to Texas Tech to the NBA, great as an accomplishment as that is, it still does not put you in a position where you can tell LBJ no. 
and that's going to be the key. Okay. Moving on. Aaron Donald's three-year, $100 million contract. Play on. You had no choice as the Rams but to sign him, especially after you let Von Miller go. Because Von Miller, when he came to the Rams, was rejuvenated. He was rejuvenated because of Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald forces the players around him to step it up to the next level. He is a force to be reckoned with. He's a beast. He's worth every penny to what he's going to bring in terms of leadership and just playing hunger. Um, so, yeah, I think I'm actually very impressed with the Cronkies in terms of what they did with uh, – not only him, but what they did with the Joker um, over in Denver with the Nuggets in terms of giving him a max contract as well. It used to be said, at least in Denver, that the Cronkies were in the entertainment business, not the championship business. But based off of these two contracts, I'm going to say maybe that um, reputation was unearned. What about you? Okay. For Aaron Donald. Having a three-year contract, basically um, redoing it, restructuring, as in instead of making fifty-five million over the next three years, he will now be making one hundred million. Um, you know what? I mean, it's hard to say play on, but but I'm gonna say play on just because he is the best player in the NFL and. Um, that one of the, you know, those final plays in the Super Bowl is what solidified the Rams Super Bowl victory. And had he hadn't gotten to Joe Burrow, you know, you never know. I mean, if he had an extra second and, and made that completion, you know, I mean, the, the, the Bengals could have, uh, marched into the end zone and, uh, won the Super Bowl to win the game, but that didn't happen because of the sheer, Power, force, skill, and <laughs> determination of Aaron Donald. LA's so from other AD. <laughs> so from a business perspective, Montoya, I'm surprised. Especially you got like a real estate guy like Crunky. I can't believe he signed off on uh, turning fifty-five million dollars to a hundred. There was a big discussion that Donald was threatening to retire after the Super Bowl. But, of course, I think that is all BS. So he could have gotten this deal because he's like, well, you know, I'm only going to make $55 million over three years. I want 100 And Kroenke gave it to him. So just saying Aaron Donald's three-year, $100 million contract, yes, it was restructured to be that. I will stick with what I said and stay play on because there is not anybody else in the world like Aaron Donald. I'm 100% with you. I, I agree wholeheartedly. Okay. Next. Teron Lou. Play on. Or, I'm sorry. Time out. I don't even need to know the rest of it. Time out. Anything Teron Liu has been associated with outside of the small stint with LeBron in Cleveland, timeout. It's just done. I don't even need to know what the rest of it is, but go ahead and finish what you were going to say. I'm going to say timeout too. 
And that's all I need to say. <laughs> Timeout. It has not worked. I mean, not having Kawhi a whole season doesn't help. You know, they were saying, oh, Kawhi can come back. Kawhi can come back. But guess what? Kawhi, the trimmed paw, never came back. Okay. So I'm going to say timeout anyway, you know, because look, Ty, if you are what you think you are and you would have signed with the Lakers, you could have had a championship and an extension because he was holding out for a five-year deal and the Lakers were only offering three, you know, you could have uh, been with the person who, you know, whose coattails he liked to hang on LeBron James and join the Lakers because it's not working with the clip joint. Ty Lu, it's not working. You know, honestly, instead of Darvin Ham, though, to go back to that with what you just said, we almost would have been better to get Doc Rivers because I think Doc Rivers would have told LeBron no. And I hate the idea of Doc Rivers as the head coach of the Lakers. No. Doc Rivers, head coach of the Lakers, timeout. Uh-uh. <laughs> no way. See you. Let He's me tell Clipper. you in Spanish, no. Clipper player, Clipper coach, no. No, no, we don't want you, Boston head, Boston Celtics head coach. No, we don't want you, Doc Rivers. All right, Montoya, we got one more. Last one. Do you think the World Series will be the Dodgers and Yankees this year? Timeout or play on? Timeout. The Yankees are just going to be the Yankees. They uh, haven't been there in quite some time. I don't see any reason for them, for anyone to say that they're going to get there this year. I definitely think there's going to be the Houston asterisks are going to pull something out of their behinds and cheat somebody else. And this time it'll be the Yankees. And I won't mind quite so much. Oh, I disagree. I'm going to say play on. I'm going to say play on because the Yankees have the best record in MLB right now. Uh, Dodgers are having a very, very good season. And you know what uh, big corporate businesses like They in sports? They like L.A. versus New York. And I really think it's going to happen. And I think the Dodgers will destroy the Yankees in four in the World Series. We've got a little bit of time before we get to that part, but we shall see. All right, all right, all right. Next, Montoya, I know you have some comments regarding the sale and purchase of the Denver Broncos. And what is the L.A. connection here? Well, it seems that there is no L.A. connection when you have some guy named Walton, who I'm sure Montoya will explain who he is later, purchasing the Denver Broncos and the relation of the owner of the Rams, Stan Kroenke. So, Montoya, I know you have a personal disdain for the corporation known as Walmart. Um, Having uh, said that, what are your thoughts regarding the uh, purchase of the Denver Broncos by uh, Walmart family member Walton and uh, the influence and connection of Rams owner Stan 
Kroenke? Well, I believe that Rob Walton is Stan Kroenke's um, brother-in-law up at the moment. Um, I think you're right. I do not want anything associated with Walmart and my Broncos at all. I do not like that idea. I do not like the way that Walmart will exploit its lower paid employees, not take care of them, keep them in a situation where they stay in their current situation. There's no opportunity for growth. We as taxpayers have been paying their health insurance for their lower level employees for decades. There have been numerous news articles that have been written over the years about how when a Walmart comes into a local community, it doesn't help the community. It hurts it massively by millions of dollars per year. So no, I don't want that associated. Time out, go away, don't come back. Now, one of the things that I did research about Walton is that he has a huge, huge, huge car collection and he's very very passionate about his cars and if he's gonna have to be the owner of the broncos i want him to view the players the same way he views his cars and not the way his family views their employees because if his if he takes this team on with the walmart mentality the only benefit i'm gonna see is that every time a raiders fan goes out to get groceries or something else they're supporting the broncos that's about it that's the only real benefit that i'm going to see Otherwise, this is just going to be a huge travesty. The league should not have allowed this to happen, and they should have gone with a person of color, especially with all of the things that have come up recently in terms of people of color. So they had the opportunity to do that. It would have been the right move socially, especially after decades of teams named um, Redskins, for instance. So I, I just feel like it was a bad move all the way around. But um, it does give the Kroenke Walton family complete control of sports in the city of Denver, except for the Colorado Rockies. Um, what's your stance? You know, I think when you have a, a club of 32 men, well, I don't know what you can say for Green Bay, you know, whoever represents Green Bay in the NFL owners meetings, but, you know, since they're publicly owned, um, technically so. But when you have this exclusive club, okay, of um, all these, you know, white guys, except for Shad Khan, you know, who I don't know what he did to be able to purchase the Jacksonville Jaguars, but I don't even want to think about what he did, you know, to be able, but you know, but you have all these guys in, in, in an exclusive club as owners in the NFL first. Okay. You have uh, uh, someone like Kroenke who likes making money in real estate and then has uh, liked the high appreciation of sports teams values since, you know, he's um, become owner of all these uh, sports franchises. And you have his wife who's the wall in the Walton family. You have, uh, you know, Rob Walton, who's his brother-in-law. So, um, and, and if you know someone in that club and you say, Hey, I have all this cash. I want to be in the, I want to buy my way in, you know, um, I think Kroenke could have uh, had some influence to help out Walton, no doubt, as far as um, bids. So, 
as far like- as bids, as far as uh, uh, you know, outbidding other potential buyers, you know, I think uh, all of that is on the table here. Well, I did do some uh, research, and it turns out that Sam Walton, the founder of Walmart and Sam's Club, Cronky's wife is his daughter, but Rob Walton is Bud Walton, Sam's brother's son. So it's uh, his wife's cousin. So I just wanted to make sure that we were okay. correct. It, there, so, it's so not now, his brother-in-law, it's his cousin, but that, it's still the same thing, that, same family. Yeah, we've solidified, you know, the exact details of the familial ties here. Um, doesn't mean, you know, they're not very close. I mean, they're in the basic, I mean, yeah, you know, your cousin is your cousin, you're, you know, I mean, still, it does not I mean, like some, that could be someone very close, not someone you've never seen before. So, no, 100% um, with you. yeah, so, so I think, you know, Kroenke could have helped him with that. But also when you're talking about Colorado and uh, how Kroenke wants to control everything in Colorado, I'm surprised he has uh, not been able to finagle the Rockies away. You know, because I'm sure he'd purchase them if they were available. And I know they are available, you know, or for the right price. Um, but, you know, who knows, you know, because um, every year you can make hundreds of millions of dollars more, you know, in value the more longer you wait. So, but, uh, yeah, I think that has a big, big influence. Well, I, I also think there's another thing to look at here. So what's going to end up happening is, the Pepsi Center, a.k.a. Ball Arena, where the Nuggets and the Avalanche play, which got two championships here recently with the Rams and the Avalanche. Um, those are, by today's standards, older stadiums along with Mile High. So you take that prime real estate in that area of Denver near Lodo, even though the Mile High Stadium is on the corner of Colfax and Federal, which are two notoriously are known as notoriously the two worst streets in Denver in terms of you don't want to be on either of them, let alone both of them after dark. Um, You can turn that area where both of those stadiums are, demolish them. You can force Elitch's out, which is a um, um, amusement park, and you can build luxury homes in probably the most prime real estate in all of Denver. And you can take those stadiums, you can rebuild them out by the airport, brand new state-of-the-art airport um, stadiums with a lot of brand new hotels and uh, light rail that goes out that way. So I see an, a real estate opportunity on multiple fronts because Kroenke does own Ball Arena out outright, the same way he owns SoFi. And it's just going to be a huge opportunity to build in a time when we need more housing to build luxury housing in a prime location right next to I-25. So that's yeah, but yeah, but you, need, you need more affordable housing in the world, Montoya. You don't need more luxury housing. I'm you know? 100% with if you. If, but... you're looking, if you're looking at having uh, free luxury units for the board of Walmart whenever they come to Denver, then go ahead, go with that plan. But the whole thing <laughs> that I was saying is um, because of Cronky's influence that um, – you know, uh, Walton was able to purchase the Broncos. Is that a good thing? I don't know. Is If you're talking about like uh, uh, wanting uh, or there should be a person of color um, to 
purchase it, then, you know, you don't even know if that person even got a fair shake and making a bid. If you're, if you know that, you know, you're, um, you just need to find out the figure that you're going to tell your buddy to outbid. Um, you know, so, so the, the, I don't know if it, it would have been, yeah, it would have been nice to have a person of color purchase the Broncos, but, um, obviously, you know, it's um, when you have just ShotCon and a bunch of white guys, it's still a good old boys club. And, you know, most of those guys are oil tycoons and basically mafia, uh, you know, uh, guys who, you know, who, who, who rely on their, um, their handshake gentlemanly agreements uh, with only to benefit only people like them. And that's it. You know, the Broncos did have an opportunity to have Robert Smith by the team, and I don't mean the singer from The Cure. He was a local Colorado kid who became a billionaire. Um, he doesn't have pockets deep enough to fight with Walton in terms of a bidding war, but they also had Byron Allen, the comedian. He does a late-night thing on CBS uh, called Late Night or it's, uh, Comics Unleashed with Byron Allen. I don't know how he has enough money to come up, to be a potential owner, but he was also pushing with the group behind him to be the Broncos owner. And uh, like you said, I don't know if either one of them got uh, the fair shake just based off of the deep pockets of Walton. So um, to back up what you said, I 100% agree with you that it was about, it was, wasn't only about money, but who, you know. Yeah. And if you know a good, um, Real estate guy who likes owning stadiums, uh, hey, he can help you out, Stan Kroenke. So, well, you know, I guess that is um, a cause to say, you know, or to offer my condolences to you for um, your Denver Broncos because I know you're a fan of them and I know you've always hated Walmart. But, you know, other than that, Kroenke's also acquired some real estate, hundreds of acres in Woodland Hills to construct a state-of-the-art practice facility and headquarters, permanent headquarters, permanent in Los Angeles, FU, Georgia Frontieri, and uh, in Woodland Hills, Montoya. So is just Crunky just like to keep busy, or um, is this solidifying the Rams in Los Angeles for the rest of the foreseeable future and history. Well, if you remember, there was a point in time where um, the, in 1995, I believe, the Seattle Seahawks tried to move into the Rams' old practice facility in Anaheim because they were afraid of the earthquakes in Seattle. So when I think about the Rams practice facility, when I first moved to California, that was the first thing that came to mind was the Seahawks owner at the time went in, bought, uh, took out a lease on that building, painted it Seahawks colors and was trying to move the Seahawks to Anaheim. Um, he was blocked by the league because his argument about earthquakes was not valid. But uh, that is the first thing that comes to mind for me because it was the the closest I'd ever been to living in the same city as an NFL team because I was living in Anaheim at the time in uh, late 1995. But I do think that Kroenke splurging to get Aaron Donald to buy a stadium, 
to pay Missouri, to um, pay the Joker. It's definitely not his normal character, but um, obviously he sees an opportunity somewhere. Um, I don't understand because he could have been doing this for years with the Avalanche and uh, with the Nuggets. Um, The last time the Avalanche won a cup was 20 years ago. So they're the opposite of the Angels in terms of 20 years later, they won another cup. Um, But Kroenke really has not invested anything until recently. And now suddenly he's just going on a spending spree and I have no idea why. Well, he has an excuse in Colorado. I mean, it's hard in any cold weather city to attract uh, premium free agents. Number one, you know, um, that's why well, you that's see... not the case with hockey, but yes, with the NBA, you're hundred percent correct. It is a, yeah, you know, city. Not, yeah. Who really cares about hockey? Yeah. Um, you know, it's still soccer on ice to me and that's quoting you, but um <laughs> But, you know, I mean, uh, as far as that is concerned, you know, the the Nuggets back in the day, they had to acquire Nick Van Exel from the Lakers. They didn't sign him as a free agent. They had to acquire him. You know, look at the Joker. They drafted him. They didn't sign him as a free agent or, or lure him to Denver. No, they drafted to his rights to have, um, you know, uh, uh, the opportunity to sign him, and they did, and so therefore they were able to, as the the original signing team, to give him the most money with the maximum extension. And this, we're talking at like monopoly money at this point. If you're talking about two hundred fifty-one millions for five years, you know, I mean, this is like insane. When, when you know, when is it? You know, I thought, you know, the other day we were talking about like our other year, we were talking about how like 20 million a year was a lot. And now you got guys making 50 million a year. Just let's just say, okay, just cap it at 100 million. Like pay these guys 100 million a year. Fine. When, you know, that's what it's going to be eventually. I mean, you're paying at least the Joker is somewhat worth it. Westbrook, obviously, in the last year of his deal of 40 something million is not, you know, almost 50 million. Um, but uh, this is insane, all right. When you're talking about money and you're talking about Cronky and and uh, spending a hundred million dollars on this land of Woodland Hills, you know, yeah, I think you do need a premium practice facility to lure free agents, premium free agents. But you know, um, just to have that reputation. And now Cronky is going all in, not only on you know real estate, but um, you know the players and actually paying these guys money but i will still say a lot of these guys he gave contracts to and with the rams specifically were dealt um you know before those extensions actually uh went into effect see jared goff see todd Gurley, see brandon cooks you know and um and uh see robert woods so so i mean a lot of that he's been spending but still extending them and then trading them so that somebody else will pay the guys those that uh, that money but he's still keeping Aaron Donald and he's still going to pay him so you know he's still a, a finagler like everybody else the corporate businessman and all that but at the same time um yeah, I think it's a good sign that the Rams will be having a new facility in Woodland Hills to be dedicated as their headquarters and a premium practice facility. When you did mention the Nuggets and the Joker, like he is worth the money, they did get 
KCP from the Wizards, and that's just the Wizards getting or uh, the Nuggets now getting depth. How did they have to get KCP? They traded for him. Okay, but they get depth. The Lakers trading him and Kuzma. I mean, and not signing Crusoe, the stupidest moves in the history of NBA, other than Adam Silver being the commissioner and authorizing jersey ads for uniforms. Hey, wait, you, you only forgot one thing in that rant. Douchebag jersey ad, Levin Silver, who likes to drive an hour and 15 minutes to Bradenton, New Jersey, so he could eat piece of crap food at the Loves, fitting for him as the Loves jersey ad on the Oklahoma City Thunder. <laughs> because nobody has ever, half the, fuck, uh, half, half the listeners <laughs> haven't even heard of loves. Never seen one live. You know? So they need to know. And half the Jersey ads, nobody knows what it is. You know? <laughs> Bebigo. Bebigo. Uh Well, I just, you know, had to keep us consistent with uh, what we were talking about. Um, in terms of if you're going to bring up the Jersey ads, you have to mention Loves. We need to get Loves as our sponsor on this podcast. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> is that a timeout or is that a play on? <laughs> That's a timeout. 100%. Timeout. <laughs> the LA Sports Roundtable brought to you by loves nothing says loves like a little bit of meth in an all-night gas station diner <laughs> at outside pueblo colorado while hanging out with the convict keep spawn of king kong bundy nikola Jokic. <laughs> no let's see if we're going to talk about the one in pueblo we have to say that it's in dog patch bro right next to dog patch liquors bud only those yeah, with uh, Los, Los, Los Carneros selling meth there. No, Los Carnales. Or, oh, Los Carnales selling meth there. <laughs> well, they're running away from Little Ace because this dog patch is their territory. <laughs> you know, maybe he was uh, looking for fruit to make some pruno. <laughs> Free Joe Zamora. Oh, that's funny shit. <laughs> so Joe Zamora was a guy when I was in high school he had all these MS-13 tattoos but I didn't know what they were at the time um, and he ended up going to prison for something I didn't pay that close of attention didn't even really remember who he was until people started showing up to school with these t-shirts that said free Joe Zamora so whenever I talk about Pueblo or Pueblo gangs, you'll hear me refer to Free Joe Zamora just because I had never, ever seen T-shirts or anything like that prior to Joe Zamora. <laughs> well, I've never seen one of those T-shirts in my life. But, well, uh, you, know. you know, occasionally now you see like um, free this, free that, whatever. But it was that's the genesis of it. For no, when I, when I was at UC Santa Barbara back in the day, I saw a lot of free Mumia stuff. And I had no idea who Mumia was, you know, I was like, I, I still don't free Mumia. That's, I mean, it's like that just like tagged everywhere is on t-shirts signs. It's like, <laughs> who's Mumia, but whatever, you know, anyway, so should the, the, uh, the Bruins, UCLA Bruins and USC Trojans be free of the PAC 12 and enter the Big Ten with teams like 
uh, uh, Ohio State University. Uh, I want to say, uh, Ohio State University. <laughs> I'm saying the, you know, the the word uh. It's I want to be not. clear. No, I'm not saying that word. I'm saying such as uh, Ohio State University. So, and Wisconsin, you know, Wisconsin. Oh, what do you got going on there about Wisconsin? Oh, and I think they're going to end up playing in Minnesota. Yeah, don't you know they're now? That's where. No, they're going to go to Minnesota too. <laughs> well, in the Big Ten. I mean, yeah, but you, know, again, you got Wisconsin. You got Min- what, is Minnesota in the Big Ten conference or? Well, again, it makes more sense for the University of Colorado to renew its rivalry with Nebraska and move to the Big Ten more so than UCLA and USC. Um, USC and UCLA in the Pac-10, that is like basically saying Michigan in, you know, the Big 12. It's – or Nebraska. Well, okay. So so we have – besides um, Wisconsin, you got – was that Rutgers? <laughs> Where well, is R- Rutgers? I believe it's in New York. Is that in New York? Yeah, let's take a look. Okay, here. so you got you got Rutgers, Wisconsin, you got Purdue Boilermakers. That's where Jim Everett went. And you know? uh, and uh, um, what's his name from the Chargers also went to the Saints. Drew Brees. Okay, Drew Brees went there, but also you know Jim Everett. You got. Uh, I mean, <laughs> Yo, oh, get don't get Jim Rome on here. You got <laughs> allegedly, Penn, allegedly, Penn State, Penn State, uh, Ohio State University. Oh, and you know, I looked up Rutgers, it's in Jersey. Oh my god, you're gonna Jersey, be around, it's in Jersey, really? You're gonna have a bunch, of, you're gonna have I, a I bunch of think. girls with, with big but hair and long Jersey. And long you have oh my North, god, it's, it's gonna Western, be it's going to Northwestern, be Northwestern is in Evanston, Illinois. You have the Cornhuskers, Nebraska. You have Minnesota. Go, is that the Gophers? You have <laughs> Michigan Gophers. State. That's where Magic Johnson went. I know that. You have Michigan, where your boy uh, Tommy Cheetah went. Hey, well, let's, let's not forget Brian Greasy. Maryland, Joe Flacco. Maryland, you have the Hawkeyes of Iowa. You have Josie Jewell, Indiana University, where that's where, uh, oh God, you know, my most uh, least favorite coach ever worked, Bobby Knight. And besides that, you have Illinois, the Fighting Illini. What type so wait, of they, crap they get to go up? Is they get to go up against uh, and and Joe Pa in the same year. <laughs> and, and and you know what? Tell me, does that add up to more than ten teams? How come? Well, how can the they be called the Big Ten if you have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen teams? So you're gonna make this a sixteen-team league now? This is what. You know what? I know we don't talk college sports, but UCLA and USC are are big, big time institutions of Los Angeles. Montoya, what is this crap? Okay, I've only known and heard of the Pac-10, now Pac-12. I mean, these teams, you're none of them are near California. 
what what the hell is going on here? Well, and let's take a look. Like, what usually happens to West Coast teams when they go to the East Coast? They suck. So there's no point in making every away game a six-hour flight. It just doesn't make any Ugh, sense to me. Ridiculous. It makes about Completely as much ridiculous. sense. As, it makes about as much sense as a football bat. You know, you're gonna have um, um, teams that go from like Michigan to Minnesota to Nebraska to Ohio to Illinois, and then you have oh, one team, you know, New Jersey. You got Iowa there, you know, Wisconsin, you know, um, those. And then oh, you're gonna have two California teams have to fly more than anybody else to join. What's what's the appeal of this conference? Well, that's supposed to be the football mecca. You know, Michigan's uh, stadium holds over 100,000 people. Ohio State's stadium. Rose Bowl does too. Yeah. But I'm just saying in terms of like the big house, as it's called, is constantly packed because it's Michigan. What else is there to do? Yeah, um, but you have, uh, you have uh, Captain Comeback as their coach. <laughs> no, uh, what's his name? Jim, Jim Harbaugh, the last Harbaugh. quarterback of the Colts to play before Peyton Manning. Yes, Captain Comeback. Okay. So I liked him more as a player. I think he he sounds like a jerk as a coach whenever he's interviewed. Yeah, I, although I do have to give him credit for standing behind Kaepernick and doing everything he can to try to assist Yeah, him. because he knew that was the only way he could have a chance to win the Super Bowl. But, His you know, I, yeah, but, uh, you know, you have Nebraska. I only know that Darren Erstad is from Nebraska. Well, the Rams um, had that uh, drafted – the Rams drafted a Heisman Trophy winner quarterback – who, and they converted him to wide receiver, if I remember correctly. He was from Wisconsin. Or no, Nebraska. Mm-hmm. So that's, well, that's an L.A. connection. I think, well, this, I think, is the worst move ever. I'm, gonna, okay. I'm 100% in agreement with you. Um, I, I can't believe UCLA and USC have... Uh, Eric Crouch. Agreed. Eric Crouch. And... Um, and the LA Sports Roundtable does not endorse UCLA or USC moving into the Big Ten conference at all, even though it's I don't really like college sports anyway. <laughs> but yes, I do believe that the Rams wasted a first round pick on uh, a Heisman winner as a quarterback who couldn't make it as a wide receiver in the NFL. But let me double check to see who actually picked him up because it may have also been the Chiefs. Well, that's pretty interesting, though, that you would have this agreement already set in stone. It's already announced that in a couple years, these universities are going to be abandoning the... Pac-12 as the premium teams in that conference to join the Big Ten. This is completely and unacceptable. I'm 100% with you. Just absolute waste of uh, time. 
energy and jet fuel because those teams are going to do terrible trying to fly across the country. And I don't know why they're trying to appeal to the East Coast bias. I mean, if they're going to move, they may as well just move to, uh, I don't know, the, the Western Athletic Conference and just completely dominate. They could be like Boise State. <laughs> what do you think about that? No. I mean, <laughs> you, you need them to stay in their region. That's what I I'm think about that. I'm 100% with you. Um they, the furthest east they should go outside of a couple of games should probably be um, Texas. Mm-hmm. They should not be going further than Texas, well, let alone going all the way to Rutgers. Yeah. Oh, that's ridiculous. Is there any possibility for their move to the Big Ten to be blocked? Not that I'm aware of. It looks like everything is good to go. It just seems like this is trying to create a super conference and the casualties are going to end up being USC and UCLA because trying to fly backwards six hours, it's not a good thing for anybody. I mean, even NFL teams have a hard time with that. Like, when do you leave? Do you leave on Friday for a Sunday game? I mean, are they going to have to leave on Thursday so they can adjust to the time zone, um, you know, for a Saturday game? Like, these are all things they're going to have to think about. Well, Montoya, finally, we're going to do our Who's Better segment where we decide the better, in this case, L.A. sports franchise. Are you ready? I am ready. All righty. Toya, who's the better L.A. sports franchise? The Los Angeles Lakers or the Los Angeles Clippers? So what I'd like to do is I'd like to make sure that I understand the definition of your question. And this will probably help our listeners as well. We're not talking overall history. We're talking current status as they are today. Is that a fair statement? Well, yes, but the context, the historical context of the teams do have an influential impact on one's decision. I'll say that much, but as of this moment today, yes, what you were saying. Okay, so if we're only looking at the current state of the Lakers versus the Clippers as they stand today, unfortunately... I'm going to have to say the Clippers are the better team because right now a new head coach who, as we discussed earlier, is not going to say no to LeBron um, for the sake of not hurting his ego is not going to help the Lakers. As you've also said, the Lakers just don't have any depth. With uh, Tyron Liu at the helm, do I think that uh, the Clippers are going to do much better than the Lakers? No, but it's going to be kind of how it was last year where the Lakers don't make the playoffs and the Clippers do, and the Clippers are out in the first round. What do you think? You know, Montoya, I disagree with you completely. As of this moment, the better Los Angeles... NBA sports franchise is was 
and will always be the Los Angeles Lakers. And I will tell you why. You know, the um, historical context that I was talking about with 17 championships does have an influence on my decision, but it's not the overall deciding factor on my decision as of this moment about who's the better LA sports NBA franchise. Okay. But historically, when you do have 17 rings and uh, the Clippers have zero, all right, well, we don't want to get into too much about why they have the zero and uh, Donald Sterling. Okay. We don't want to talk about him. But but as of this moment, okay, I'm going to say, Lakers, we don't have Ty Lue as head coach. <laughs> that is a major, major uh, uh, point to validate my statement, okay? At the same time, Balmer is crazy. <laughs> I'll say that. Balmer is nuts, okay? Um Kawhi is not reliable. Kawhi Leonard, the trimmed paw, missed all of last season when they kept on saying that Kawhi Leonard would return. Okay? So, he's not reliable. So, you don't even know if you're going to have him. And without him, you have no chance because with PG general audience, um, he proved... That he can't even get the team uh, deep into the playoffs by himself, let alone into the playoffs. So, you know, uh, a PG Jenner audience did um, not do well as the main feature for the Clippers. Okay. Who else do you have? You have the, you know, the, you have some depth there with the Clippers. All right, but I don't see anybody like Eric, Eric Piekowski or, um, you know, uh, uh, Pooh Richardson, all right, on, on the Clippers bench, okay? So, you know, uh, uh, something else I, I, I'd like to suggest that um, the Clippers, you know, their move to Inglewood may not necessarily help them because, you know, as uh, L.A. is Laker town, you're not going to have um, them in a central location for their fans. So you may extend the drive of a good percentage of their fans. And I'm saying, you know, that may impact their attendance. So um, with their new stadium, they basically, you know, uh, weaseled out of MSG. Who is uh, who was the uh, owner of the forum prior to Balmer having to buy them out so he could uh, build his arena? Well, actually, um, before you move on from that point, to go with what you said about Balmer being crazy, I agree with you on that because he spent money to buy the forum, former home of the Lakers, when the Clippers were actually playing in LA and the Lakers were winning championships in Inglewood, um, just so he could build another stadium and he really can't do anything with the forum because msg or madison square garden spent a lot of money refurbishing it to hold concerts etc and you know it's become a, a popular venue again 
So because this is going to end up being a basketball stadium, I mean, are you going to try to get the Ducks to move there or how else are you going to generate revenue if you're not holding concerts there because your sister stadium already has the concerts and the plays unless you're going to try to double book and you have uh, Justin Timberlake at the forum and you have, uh, I don't know, Pharrell at uh, Clipper Stadium. Like Carly so Simon. Part- <laughs> so like, you know, that that is something that has to be looked at because I know Balmer's one of the richest people on the planet, but still, that was just a dumb move, I believe. He could have... Well, well, it, it, you know, it's a dumb, normal financial move, but when you have Monopoly money like Balmer, I mean, I guess, you know, it, it does, it does, it's not really crazy if you think about it, if you have all that money to begin with. So, with you. May, I may backtrack a little bit on, on the whole craziness, you know, I mean, and you know, but yeah, he's, he's making some bold moves and he's, you know, he's spending a lot of money on uh, the new stadium and had to, having to acquire the forum in order to uh, begin construction on his own arena. So, you know, but the reason really why I'm saying them as uh, the Lakers as of this moment are better than the Clippers is that Kawhi Leonard is not reliable. You don't know if he's uh, 100% healthy. You don't know if he's going to play. You don't know how much he's going to play. Can I ask you a play. question about that then? And, and, and still, and I still think the uh, the Lakers will be able to acquire Kyrie Irving. And as I said earlier in the show, I'm going to say play on in, in their pursuit of um, acquiring Kyrie, even though if you're if you want to talk a cra- about crazy, you know he's crazy. <laughs> but um, the Clippers still managed to make the playoffs when the Lakers had an all-star, at least aging all-star team who didn't make the playoffs, um, and they you know they did do it without Kawhi. That's the part that has me feeling like the Clippers are the superior team at the moment. Now, historically, obviously, I'm a Lakers fan as well, so I do believe the Lakers are historically the more dominant team. I mean, 19 versus zero, that, that's a no-brainer. But right now at this moment, I just believe that the Clippers have a better chance of making the playoffs this upcoming season, more so than the Lakers. Okay, yeah, and uh, earlier I said they did not make the playoffs with Paul George. Yes, I stand corrected. They were in the playoffs and the pelicans knocked them out of the playoffs all right so touche uh thank you for for stating that but you know even even though that is is the case okay um as i said with the soon to be acquisition of kyrie irving that's a lot better big three than with Russell Westbrook, who is is done. Okay, so I'm sorry. You know, um, yeah, you're gonna have Kyrie Irving. You're gonna have a much younger, uh, um, an active point guard. Uh, Russ hasn't been Russ since he left the Oklahoma City Thunder. And how many stops has he had? He went to Houston for a year. It didn't work. And it wasn't the best year, but it was the you know a big big decline. He went to the Wizards the year after, and it was a humongous decline. The Lakers still acquired him, and 
it was a disaster. So this is the last year of his deal, almost what, you know, $47, $50 million. So that's why I'm going to say, you know, they're ultimately going to get rid of Russ because the Nets have to get rid of Kyrie because he is a powder keg and they don't want him in their locker room for anything, training camp, season, regular season, when it begins, nothing. Okay, and I agree with you, but as of this moment, they do not have him. And we have seen stranger things happen, even though it looks like he's going to be a Laker. I don't disagree with you there. At this very moment, he is not a Laker. So as things stand right now, without Kyrie, I still say the Clippers are the better team. Well, you know what that means? We're deadlocked 1-1 with myself stating the Lakers are the current LA franchise, NBA sports franchise that is better than the LA Clippers. So, all of you out there in podcast land, you know what that means. You have to let us know what you think. Help us break this tie. And you know what else that means, Montoya? What is that? To break this tie. What do we have to do to break this tie? I believe we're going to have to call Philly Phil. We may have to get Philly Phil in on the next episode to settle the score. I definitely think we're going to have to have Philly Phil join us on the next edition of the The LA LA Sports (laughs) Roundtable. Again, where we're still more gooder than Lauren Bobart or MTG is stupid. So that's it for today, everyone. Thank you very much for giving us a listen. If you have a question you'd like Toya and me to discuss, please let us know and give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at LASportsRT1. Until next time, take care.